morning, everyone. We're reading God's Word today, and we're reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 32. And I'm reading on something really tiny, so I might be doing a bit of this. Ephesians 4:22-32. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, giving each other just as in Christ forgave you. This is God's word. Thanks, Lee. Morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunnybank 8.30 service. And after our message this morning, we're working our way through the Ten Commandments in reverse order, because we can. And this morning, we're going to be talking about not giving a false testimony. Later on in the service, Dion Buttle is going to come and give his testimony, which will not be false. But it's a dramatic story of what God has been doing in this man's life, and so I'm excited to both hear that and then to witness him obeying the command of the Lord Jesus to be baptised. There are something like 16 people getting baptised today in our church. Yep. It's very exciting always to see God at work and God doing things. And I know God is doing many other things in the lives of people as well, for which need to be thankful. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16 says, Do not bear false witness against your neighbour. That's our theme. That's our text for this morning. We're going to pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have the opportunity to come freely into this sanctuary, into this assembly of your people, to sing praises and truths to you and about you, to hear your word read and expounded, to hear the testimony of a person who is following Jesus, to witness their baptism, to pray together, to share church news together and to fellowship together. Lord, in all of these things, we want to honour you and worship you. We want to be fed by you. And most of all, Lord, we want to be close to you. So we pray this morning that you would speak to us deep into our hearts and consciences, that you would shine the light on the inner recesses of our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Let's see how we go. You're going to have to help me, Gabe. It's not coming up. I've entitled this morning's talk... Oh, great. It's not up the back. 
Um, that's going to be awkward. <coughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. So I said it's about the commandment of not bearing false testimony. When you hear the scripture about the ninth commandment, you shall not bear false testimony against your neighbour, there are various people, commentators, who try to limit the extent of that command. They think, firstly, they limit it by it being in, what, the courts? This only applies to bearing false witness when you are a, a witness in a court of law. You know, the witness is sworn in, raise your right hand, tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. It's only in that context that this command applies. That's not correct, but that's how some people want to limit it. So when you're outside the court, you can say and do whatever you like. The other way people try to limit it is by, who is my neighbour? Well, literally, my neighbour is the person who lives next to me, so I can't lie about them. But everybody else is fair game. Or some people say, my neighbour is in fact those who have a similar belief to me. So whether it's Jewish people or Christian people or a certain race of people, that's my neighbour. But everybody outside that grouping, it's their fair game as well. And in fact, that's a limitation and a distortion of what the command is actually saying. You shall not bear false witness, not give false testimony, not utter untruths against another person. That's what it means. Of course, not surprisingly, people have done surveys of this over the years, both trying to find out when we lie, how we lie, why we lie. The results showed on this particular survey, 91% of people, 91% lie regularly. 72, uh, 71%, sorry, um, have given away false numbers or false names to strangers, whether on an aeroplane or in a different situation. You ever done that? Given the wrong number? I'd had one of those annoying telemarketing people ring you. If you have that job, sorry, apologise. But one of those annoying telephone marketing people ring you and you lie to them to get rid of them. Um, we seem that we are all infected by this thing. The most common lies that people tell, what do you think it is? Correct. We lie about our weight, which is rather strange when you think about it. It's the most obvious thing that you are lying about. Um, we lie about money, I don't know why. We lie about our age. Strange, isn't it? Now, all of those things are quite minor and incidental because they're not actually deceiving or hurting anybody else. They're just sort of self-protecting our own ego or something. But it was here out of this survey that it's become quite normal in our society that we don't care too much about lying. We accept it more readily. 50% of people say, in fact, that lying is not wrong. In some cultures, lying is actually a virtue. It's expected. And the better you are at it, then the more status you have. A couple of movies, Jim Carrey's Liar Liar, it's worth watching. Or I can't think of the guy's name, but Catch Me If You Can, that movie. What is it? Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, the guy who actually did that, it's a true story, he now works for FBI. Teaching them encounter measures of how to recognise falseness. Interesting, isn't it? Surveys. We've all done it. We all at some point have not spoken the truth. We've all flawed, we've all got mistakes, we're all sinners. The Bible says that very clearly. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all sin with our mouth, James says. There is not a living person besides the Lord Jesus who has not sinned with their mouth or broken this command. 
and that includes George Washington as well. We've all misquoted, distorted, repeated things that we shouldn't have spoken. We've spoken negatively about another person. When you hear the phrase, did you hear about? Where sort of it gets our attention. In fact, Proverbs chapter 26, just about the second half of the whole chapter, many, many verses address this issue. But verse 22 says, words are like tasty morsels. They slide down easily to the inner recesses of the heart. Words, gossip, is like beautiful taste of meat. And we like to hear it and absorb it. <clears throat> We've all sometimes misled by the implication of something. Truth be told, in the prayer room this morning at 8 o'clock, we gather together to pray for pre-service prayer. Uh, Pastor David and Rosemary are back. Welcome back, guys. It's nice to have you back. I think Pastor David asked me, is Rhonda good? I said she's well. And then, just like you did, somebody went crook on me. Oh, you, how dare I didn't say she wasn't good. I just said she was well. But it implies, doesn't it? There was a sailor on a boat once who had a trouble with a drink, and he was nearly drunk every day, and the captain was recording this. You know, Joe Blow sailor drunk again today. And when he got a record of when he got a hold of that and saw it, he was disgusted and thought, I'll get back to the captain. So the next day in the log, he wrote, Captain Sober today. The implication, not the statement. We've all done things like that. What we need to be, this commandment is teaching us, that we need to be meticulously honest and careful, particularly when it comes to dealing with the reputation or the name of our neighbour. I'll say it again. We are to be meticulously honest and careful when dealing with the reputation of another, our neighbour. Like I said, we all have faults, shortcomings, we all make mistakes, we've all done this sort of stuff. And in fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, chapter 13, the love chapter, read it nearly every wedding, you know that one. Love is this, love is not that, has a statement in there, which is very relevant for this, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. When we forgive, we're putting it in a category where we will not mention it again. Not keeping records against one another. Listen to this. Even if someone is doing wrong, it is still no basis for talking about it to a third party. Get that? Even if someone is doing the wrong thing, that is no excuse for us to talk to somebody else about them doing the wrong thing. That's what this command is pointing to for us. We've all done it. How do we lie? Well, we lie in all sorts of ways, don't we? We, like we've been going there, we exaggerate. Um, oh, maybe the next slide will help me a little bit. Oh, apologies. That's my typing skills. <laughs> it's actually what I do on an iPad, and when it gets transferred to our system, which has got demons in it or something, that's what happens. <laughs> there are types of lies scholars and ethicists uh, talk about. They, they put them into categories. They say there are malicious lies. That's normally what we mean when we say lies, when we're lying either for our own self or about another, the, the malicious lies, intended to hurt or harm. That's the point. The intent of the heart is to mislead, to deceive, to hurt, to harm. We'll come back and expand how we do those sorts of things. The second one is the jocular 
lie. That's where we're simply, it's a sense of humour. We're joking, we're exaggerating, and it's not intended to deceive, hurt or harm, it's just intended to be funny. And we all know comedians, and we do that in our own banter and conversations. The jocular lie, we're not talking about that. And then there is a third category, which has incredible debate and has since the fourth century, called the lie of necessity. The lie of necessity. This doesn't fall under breaking the commandment because it's not intended to deceive, hurt or harm another, but it's intended to protect and help another. Jewish people hidden in a house in Germany in Berlin in World War II and the Nazis come to the door. Do you have any Jews in here? What do you say? Do you say no? That's a lie. But it's a lie of necessity. A lie of necessity told in order to protect, to help, not to harm. Rahab. Two spies came, Joshua chapter 2. She hid them on the roof. And the king comes to the door and says, bring down the two spies who came to your house. She said, listen, they've gone. They went through the gate. And if you hurry up, you'll catch them very quickly. She lied. And the New Testament never refers to that, but rather honours her for her faith in protecting the spies. Exodus chapter 1, the midwives. Pharaoh says, throw the baby boys when they're born into the water, into the Nile. What do they do? Oh, by the time we get there, the baby's already born. It's already too late. A lie. But they get blessed. The lie of necessity. Like I said, it is debated, and the majority of people since Augustine have argued that the lie of necessity is still a lie, and we shouldn't do it. We must never lie. Well, what do you do in the situation when you've got Jewish people hidden in your home in Berlin in World War II? And the soldiers come to the door, what should you do? What should Rahab have done? Commentators say, ethicists say, the majority of Christian ethicists say, you should tell the truth. A decreasing popular opinion, you should tell the truth. You should say, yep, they're in here. And then you should trust God that he'll protect them, that he'll blind the, the uh, soldiers, that he'll do something miraculous. That's not my position. I disagree with it, but that's the argument. I actually think unless God gives you a word that says, it's okay for you to do this, I want you to tell them the truth, I'll protect them. Unless you get a word like that from God, then I would be doing the lie of necessity. That's my position. <clears throat> like Brother Andrew. He can be commanded by God to do something wrong, which is to smuggle Bibles into China, but God protects him because he's doing what God wants him to do. For us to presume that God will simply protect us is foolishness. That's not faith, that's presumption. So types of lies. We're talking really about the command addresses, this first one, about malicious lies. Why do we lie? Well, for all sorts of reasons. We lie to impress people. We lie on job applications. We lie because we want revenge or to make a profit or because we're jealous. We lie for convenience. We lie ultimately probably to escape some sort of consequences or to avoid punishment or something like that. There's even the lie we lie to ourselves, this self-deception. Often we get caught in the lie because of a hasty response. So there's lots of reasons, lots of excuses. And this commandment is saying to us, we need to be very, very careful when it comes to us talking, particularly about other people. Do not bear false testimony against your neighbour. Don't hurt, harm or injure them. There are three ways that we can particularly um, tell these lies. We can tell lies, we can spread lies and we can actually live a lie. The living one doesn't quite fit, but this will do. We can tell Malicious lies. In terms of telling, oh, bother. We can deliberately be misleading. Deliberately misleading. 
misquoting somebody, like even taking something out of context deliberately with the intention to actually hurting, harming or passing on nonsense about them. People do that. Uh, distortion is that we are either, I was going to say exaggerating, but that's coming. Distorting is uh, just tweaking or twisting it a little bit. So it gives the wrong impression of that which was really said and or done. Just slightly turning it. Judging rashly, harshly and unfairly. The Bible, in fact, instructs us as followers of the Lord Jesus to always assume the best, not the worst, and not to judge rashly. We're not to judge others because the measure we use to judge will be measured against us. We know that. But the Bible also says to judge, but to judge righteously. To do with the attitude and the intent of the heart. We are to be discerning, not gullible. But we are not to be malicious and judging other people rashly or to harm them or hurt them or to deceive others. We're not to exaggerate. It's easy to exaggerate. <clears throat> it's a common part of everyday life. Uh, I was in a conversation the other night and I said, um, this has happened to me a thousand times. Then I went, no, um, and the other person helped me. They said, many times. I said, thank you, many times. How many times have you said to kids, I've told you a million times, don't do... It's a slight exaggeration. But we exaggerate because we want to inflate our position. How many times the husband and wife had a disagreement and she says, you always... Well, that's not true. I only need one example and that argument doesn't fly. Or he says, you never. Well, again, always and never, the words never to use. Exaggeration. You're guilty. What about spreading lies? We spread lies by an outright untruth. We know it's false and we pass it on. Or it's a truth that we may not have investigated. We've heard somebody say it. It's a half-truth. This is where gossip fits in. Gossip is not sitting down and sharing your opinion about somebody else, about what do you think about them. Gossip is where it's got this intent to hurt harm, to deceive, to malign, that's gossip. It's undermining. It's not sharing of your opinion about somebody. You're allowed to have your opinions. You just need to be careful in who you share those opinions with and how you share them. And if they are of a derogatory nature or a negative nature, you're probably crossing the line. So you need to be careful. It's where slander certainly fits in, in the intent and in spreading false or you can even be spreading truth about another person, but it's slanderous because you're telling true things about them but with the intent to hurt their reputation. That's slander. Cliff Richards, Sir Cliff Richards, accused of being a child molester and now what, years later, found not to be. Damage is done. Families hurt. Rumours. Yeah, well, we all know what they are. Living the lie. Here's an interesting part of lying. We can lie to ourselves. Um, and when we lie to ourselves, then we are simply not owning up and not confessing our sin. We're denying our sins or our faults or our weaknesses. We can lie to ourselves as saying, I think I'm a good parent when in fact our kids are going off the rails. I think I'm okay with God when in fact I don't know Jesus. We can lie to ourselves about how good we are. 
Hypocrisy lives at two levels. It's at that first level where it's subconscious. We are doing or, or behaving in such a way, but we're not aware of it. We all have blind spots. But that's different to where it's at a conscious level, where you are deliberately, intentionally deceiving and misleading others. You're playing a part. You're pretending. You're a con artist. You're a charlatan. That's the hypocrisy. Ways we lie. Ways we break this commandment. These aren't lies, in my opinion. When we're kidding, April 1st, playing a joke on somebody. It may not be true, probably isn't true. But we're just kidding. We don't intend to hurt harm, we just want to have fun. Making a mistake. It could be wrong information, but again, that's what's motivating it. We just simply got it wrong. We're not malicious. Fiction, be they novels or books, Jesus told stories that they were certainly made up and not part of actual reality. Figurative language, when Jesus said, I am the door, that's okay, he's not lying. Using metaphors and hyperbole and so on. It's raining cats and dogs. Really? No. It's raining buckets. No. A beautiful lady and she is, uh, she's a knockout. No, her beauty doesn't knock anybody out. These are not lies or distortions. This is just simply hyperbole and metaphors and common language that we use, and we all know it. We know we're not being lied to or deceived. Polite formalities. How are you? I'm well, thank you. When really you're not. That's not lying. That's a polite formality. The politeness, the rules of etiquette and the ways of greeting in our culture and society is when somebody says, how are you, you simply respond by saying, yeah, good, thanks, whatever. They're not really asking how you are. If they are asking how you are, they've got to go to the next level. How are you really? I want to know the truth, how you are. But if you don't ask that, get to the second level. If you answer at the first level how you really are, then it's the height of egoism and pride, isn't it? How are you? Well, my hips, my knees. And people go, whoa, I wasn't asking that. <laughs> you go to somebody's place for a meal and you haven't had enough to eat. Would you like some more? No, thanks. And you really do. He's being polite. And that's acceptable and that's okay. Um, games of deceit. You play cards? Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> games where deceit is involved. Uh, and this is getting back to the, uh, the lie of necessity a little bit. Uh, there was a, uh, a campaign in World War II called um, The Man Who... Or was it a movie? It's an actual, a movie based upon an actual event, The Man Who Never Was. Do you know about that? They had a guy who was dead and they, the Allies put all this information inside his jackets and they launched him... He was dead. They launched him from a submarine. He floated to the surface. The Germans got hold of the information which said there was a major operation going on around the corner of the coast. Took two or three days, but eventually the Germans moved their armed forces to what they thought was coming, and it wasn't. It was a deception. It was a lie. Is that acceptable? When you say to terrorists that, yes, there's a bus, there'll be a plane waiting for you, just let the hostages out, is that a lie? Well, yes, it is. It's not true. But is it a lie of necessity? Is that okay? Well, people have different opinions and different sides of it, and you've got to figure out where you stand on it. Withholding information is not lying. Jesus did not tell us everything. Deuteronomy 29, 29, God is a God of truth. He doesn't lie. He hasn't told us everything. And so, too, when you're having a conversation with people, you can tell them part of the truth. What you say must be the truth, should be the truth. 
but it doesn't have to be the whole truth. Sometimes there are some things that are confidential and you appreciate that. Should a doctor say to his patient who is not well, you know, doc, how am I? Should the doctor lie or tell the truth? Well, I want my doctor to tell me the truth. Numbers 32.23 says, Be sure your sin will find you out. This couple went to a store clerk. He had some chickens in a barrel and they said, we want, um, we want a chicken, please. And he put the chicken in and he got it out, a dead chicken, and he weighed it and he said, five pounds, you know, weight. And they said, oh, no, not big enough. So he put it back in. It was the last one. He didn't have any more. And he wanted to sell it. So he put it back in, took out the same chicken, put it on the scales, and he yelled out, seven pounds. And they said, fine, we'll take both. <laughs> Be sure your sin will find you out. What's the cure? Well, the cure is, ultimately, the beginning of Exodus 20, the beginning of the Ten Commandments is... I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I have redeemed you. That's the ultimate cure. You need to be converted. You need to know the Lord Jesus. I'll come back to that. As a follower of the Lord Jesus, commit yourself to being a truth teller. Just tell the truth. Commit yourself. From this day on, I will tell the truth in all circumstances and as much as I can. Respond to the Holy Spirit's prompts. When you lie or mislead someone, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will prompt you. That wasn't right. And this is a cure. He'll ask you to go back and to confess that what I just said to you was a lie and here is the truth. That will help cure you. But most of us will avoid obeying the Holy Spirit's prompts. And all he's trying to do is help us. Respond to his prompts. Ask God for help, Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Can you help me? Help me with my speaking. Be accountable. Find some other people who will ask you the question. Are you a truth teller? Have you told the truth today? Accountability group that I'm a part of. The last question that we ask ourselves after we sometimes ask different sorts of questions about our, um, what we've been watching, what we've been reading, uh, our conversations, our financial dealings and our Bible reading and praying. And last question often is, have you just lied about any of the above? It's a confrontive question. Not to mislead or deceive, not to put on a better image than what is really there, holding each other accountable. Listen to this. Our sins do not keep us from God. It's our attempts to cover up our sins that do that. He's dealt with our sins through Jesus. It's our refusal to admit it, to repent of it, to own it. We try to cover it up. We try to get away with it. That separates us a little bit from God. Uh, the Lord is the truth. We cannot out of God a truth with a mouth that spreads forth lies. Well, that's obvious, isn't it? We need to realise it's impossible to undo. There should be a full stop there. You can't take it back. A lad went to a monk in the uh, Middle Ages, confessed his sin to the monk and said that he had told some untruths about another person, part of the village, and that that started rumours that was now spreading and it was his fault. The monk said to this guy very wisely, I want you to go home and I want you to get a chicken. I then want you to pluck the chicken. I want you to put a feather on every door, doorstep of every house in the village. Hundreds of houses in the village. So the lad does it, comes back to the monk and he says, I've done that. Then the monk says, have you heard this one? Now go and pick up all the feathers. He said, I can't. The wind would have blown many of them away by now and he says, well, learn your lesson. That's what happens when we spread lies. You can't undo it. You can't stop it.
The devil is the father of lies and his insidious little hand has covered our world and affects all of us still. And we follow the God of truth. We can't undo it. Not completely. What we need to do is to respond to the truth. Here are two truths. Many of you have responded to this truth. Many of you have heard this truth. Perhaps you're here today. You haven't even heard this truth before or perhaps you've heard it but you've never responded before, well, today would be a good day for you to respond. Here are four truths. Number one, we are all moral failures. All of us. It's not my opinion. That's what God says about us. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all broken the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. We are all moral failures. No exception. Number two, we all, all stand before the blazing... Um, brilliance of God's throne his presence all of our blemishes and cover-ups all our mistakes and sins on that day will be exposed will be clearly seen there'll be no hiding on that day we can hide the truth from ourselves we can often hide it from others you can't hide it from God number three people who refuse to admit and to own their sin this sin in particular who need to change their minds and they if they don't do that then because of that lack of admitting and asking God to forgive, they will, the consequences, be separated from God forever. Sin not dealt with will separate us forever, the covering of it up. But number four, here is the great truth. For everybody who does change their mind about sin, who does change their mind about this, who asks God for forgiveness, grace and mercy, receive it. And you not only escape hell you get to enter into the kingdom of heaven, into God's very presence forever, where all lying and deception is forever removed. But in this world, they're the truths. And in this world, Satan is active and he is a liar. And he'll be saying to you right now, yeah, we've all failed, but you're not as bad as most. You'll be fine. Daryl's just a little bit heated up this morning, speaking with a little bit of exaggeration. You have very good intentions. There's no need for you to change your mind about this. You're a good person. You help others out. That's all that's needed. Your good deeds will outweigh your bad deeds. God loves you. He'll take it easy on you. They're lies. It's exactly what the devil will say to you. And that's what many people think because they've been listening to him. God knows us. God knows all about you. He knows how bad you are, really. He knows every part of us. And even though he knows us thoroughly, that hasn't pushed him away from us. He's still walking towards us, arms extended. He wants us in a relationship with him. He knows the absolute worst about us and still loves and cares for us because he sent Jesus to pay for all of those things. He hasn't withdrawn from us. The Lord Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. In coming to the Lord Jesus, we are committing ourselves to follow the truth. And the Bible says to us, if you come to the Lord Jesus and if you follow him, then Colossians 3, 7 to 10 says, You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, 
which is being renewed in the knowledge and image of its creator. Do not lie to one another. Do not lie about one another. Speak the truth and be careful in the truth that you speak. We're all guilty. We've all done it. The issue is not have we done it. The issue is have we confessed it? Are we seeking to cut it out of our lives? Um, we need to be truthful, faithful, reliable, honest people, safe people. Not to repeat tidbits of gossip or bits of information that may or may not be true, that we haven't investigated. To cut it out. Sometimes we're even to refrain from sharing even the truth about another person because it won't help them or minister to them. Somebody said to me at Craft this week that when they were a younger person, they said, we were taught before we said anything, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Somebody put that into an acrostic, and I'll finish with this. Think. Think before you speak. T, is it true? H, will it help? I, is it inspiring? Positive, uplifting, wholesome, beneficial. Is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? Think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the God of truth. You cannot lie, you cannot deceive or mislead. <clears throat> and you call us to follow you. We confess, Lord, that we live in a world where the evil one has had his grip and many things are done in the shadows and in the darkness. We ask that you might forgive us, that we have crossed the line, that we've broken this commandment, that we've spoken things in ways that we ought not. We ask you to forgive us. We ask you, Lord, that you might take control of our mouths and our minds and our hearts. Help us to be truth-tellers, to be safe people, people who can hold confidences, and people who will always stand for the truth and to defend others. Help us never, help us not to hurt, harm or mislead or deceive one another because we belong to one another as brothers and sisters and because we want to please and follow you, Lord Jesus, the truth. We pray this in your name. Everybody said? Thank you. Mm.